What's up, everybody? Welcome to Brandon's Face. It's the podcast about a playlist. I'm Jonathan Beardsley. And I am Brandon May. Thanks for joining us. Before we cover the new releases for the week, let's talk about some music news. I got a few things this week. I've got First a couple up, things, too. Good, good. Uh, first up, Usher has been announced as the artist who will be doing the Super Bowl halftime show next February. You already know I'm excited yeah. about this, are you? <laughs> I was just going to say, you are so excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I think he has the hits for it. I saw a lot of discourse online with presumably younger mm-hmm. people who weren't in who weren't around for confessions and i mean dude's got the hits bro like oh my god dude dude has got a massive amount of hits it's gonna be a fun show it's 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 gonna be all the high energy stuff but i think he's gonna throw he think he's gonna throw some uh, some some usher in there and i think it's gonna be a good show man i'm 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 excited for it probably not as much as you but i think it's gonna be good yeah, I don't think it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I'm wondering <laughs> who the guests are going to be. But my 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 guess is that people who don't like his music to begin with are not going to like the show. That's a given. But people that are just like questioning whether or not he has the resume to do this will walk away from it knowing that they they picked the right person. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's and I, I also think it was a good move for the NFL because yeah. most of his fans are our age or a little older and our age or a little older are still following football. So, and those who don't follow football very closely might not know that three years ago, Jay-Z and rock nation partnered with the NFL to try and bring more of these opportunities to artists like this, which is why if you look at the last three years, we had Dre and Snoop along with all of their friends do one. We had Rihanna last year and now we're having Usher. Like, I think this is a great era of Super Bowl halftime shows personally awesome i did i actually didn't know that that's great the more you know um you know what i'm even more excited about than the halftime show though right his album announcement yes his new album coming home drops february 11th perfect timing i think that's going to be the week before the super bowl maybe two if i'm not mistaken but not surprised he's capitalizing on this moment and very happy that he is i'm sure we will hear more about that album as it gets closer, but we've gotten three new singles from him this year. My guess is that at least two, if not all three of those will be on there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, th- so, I think, well, I think, indicator. I think uh, of the two, one was a banger. One was a miss for me, but we'll see what happens. Uh, good. Good is I, that one better be on the album. <laughs> <That> <laughs> right. Very, or very or at least something like it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very well put. Uh, Moving on, we got a new album announcement from King Gizzard. Their new album, The Silver Chord, will be released on October 27th. Neither you or I are surprised by this news, but I... It's honestly been too long. Excited (laughs) by it, you know? It has been. We're only... I think on pace for, what, two, maybe three albums this year? Yeah. Those are rookie numbers. We need to bump those up. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on. Uh, so uh, I was just like just before the show. I, I you know I, I save notifications for when I when I have a moment to look at my phone and and I finally did mm-hmm. like uh, like an hour ago. And when, when I when I texted you, I was like, "Hey, new King Giz," and uh, and yeah, I obviously new announcement. The cover art is fantastic. I don't know if you saw yep. that photo, um, but I did see that one of the members of the band tagged uh, Kavinsky. Ed Banger, uh, Justice, mm. and mm. Uh, Mr. Oizo and what? an Instagram post. What? So what? I'm assuming it's going to be like some weird synthy. Yeah, there's I'm, keyboards I'm, everywhere. Right. And Mr. Oizo does a lot of work with like weird. Justice? Like weird syncopations. Yeah. They, Justice? Yep. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm very curious to know like what it's going to sound like. Apparently there's 11 tracks and each track is getting its own extended mix. Yeah. I saw um, that. So yeah. we'll see what it sounds like, man. I'm, I, I, I don't think they're going to hit a Mr. Oizo justice sound, but fuck it, bro. They might, you know, if they, I don't even care what the sound is, if there's technically a King Gizzard and justice song <laughs> released this year, <laughs> I'm not even being hyperbolic when I say my head will fucking explode. Like I can't, <laughs> fathom that that's insane they like, are oh my god you know man the there's fuck? 
there's there's a lot of haters out there for King Gizzard, but I gotta say, man, they keep it fresh and new every time. Going from Dude, fucking Judas shit. Priest style heavy metal to fucking Kraftwerk style fucking electro rock. Wow. I'm about yeah. it. I'm about it. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I'm not I'm not gonna count my my uh, my chickens before they hatch, but uh, this prolific I band is gonna go that... down in history. I had no idea that there was a possible Ed Banger correlation to this album. Just went from six to midnight, man. That one is fucking. That's crazy. Love it. Yeah, the 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 implication of tagging both Ed Banger or all three Ed Banger Justice and Oizo to me that sounds like there's at the no, very right. least production credits. You're right. right. The the extended mixes lend your lend um, credibility to your theory here. Honestly, like. That, that sounds fucking incredible. I don't want to know anything else. I'm going into I, a blind I, from I, here. I, 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 We're getting I the almost, first single this week. Oh, we are. Okay, I was going to say, yes. I almost hope they don't drop a single, but it's releasing so soon that maybe they'll just drop the one and, and we'll, 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 be, we'll be content. But we'll see what happens, mm. man. I'm very, very curious about this one. I might be mistaken about the single. Let me see. Pre-order, October 12th. Duh, duh, duh. Maybe I'm mistaken about the single, but I think we will get a single. We'll see that. We'll see. Very Spe- excited about speaking that. Speaking of Ed Banger, my boy, uh, yeah, my my uh, my boy Luke up in London. He just moved to London a couple years ago. Went to the Ed Banger uh, closeout print work show. Oh shit! So I, I I was a little jealous of that. So I just wanted to wanted to shout that out. Yeah, uh, extremely jealous of that. Thanks for the FOMO, Brandon. I really needed that right before the show. <laughs> uh, one more piece of music news for me. That was one Hit of me. my two items. Uh, today, I believe it is, uh, Lords, uh, I think Pure Heroin, came out, I think, 10 years ago today. Oh, shit. Yeah. You a fan of that album? You know, man, I'm not not a fan. I, um, I, I'm... That's a way of putting it. Lord, Lord is one of those musicians that can definitely make pop bangers, but like doesn't Except on when purpose. Jack Antonoff produces it. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're going to get into some pop bangers later, <laughs> later, later in this will, podcast. But uh, I, I, I just want, I just wanted to shout that out. I, I do, I do. I did really enjoy. I, I think I enjoyed that album a lot, but 10 years is uh 10 years is a while. And Royals being on that record was ubiquitous yeah. that year. So it was worth a shout out. I agree. I agree. Um, moving on, Little Wayne has announced that he will be releasing a new mixtape this week titled The Fix Before the Six. <laughs> Very excited about that. Mixtape Wayne is always one of my favorites, but this confirms that we're getting the Carter Six. My guess would be sometime next year. How excited are you for the Carter Six? All right. Uh, Mixtape Wayne is amazing, but it's also very hit or miss. Um, I will will say I will say back in fuck, man, I want to say like 2008, 2009. I just remember getting fucking way too high and just throwing I feel like dying on in my in my in my headphones and it amplifying a lot of things. that that's, oh, that 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 is some that is some high level Lil Wayne mixtape shit. Um, yes. Yeah, man, I'm excited for both things. I like all of the Carter series. I think I texted you earlier this year. Just we didn't deserve the Carter two. Um, no, we did not. <laughs> uh, we'll see Fire what happens, man. man. We'll see what happens. Uh, we will. You're right. It's extremely hit or miss, especially with the more modern mixtapes of his. Should we take bets on how long into the album we will hear the first lighter flick? <laughs> it's got to be the first thing we fucking hear, right? Yeah, like I'm it's... thinking three seconds. <laughs> three seconds tops, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I think he just did an interview where he was talking about how somebody was saying like, uh, somebody was talking about one of his hits on one of his Carter series, and he was like, that was on the Carter 3? <laughs> he has, yeah, he has no idea. There's been things where like people have wrapped his own rhymes to him, and he's like, "I have no idea what you're saying." And they're like, "That's yours." And he's like, "I do do not remember this at all." <laughs> like, the guy has literally probably over a thousand recorded and released songs, not even unreleased. I can't I can't imagine remembering all of them, but right. he should know every song on the Carter Three, as it probably bought him the house that he's living in. <laughs> Which house? exactly the one in amsterdam so he can do as many drugs as he wants he could do that in portland fuck little wayne come to portland um 
All right, last bit of music news for me. We'll talk about them more later, but Blink-182 has announced a new album. It's titled One More Time. It drops October 20th. You don't have to give me any like thoughts on it yet, but I am seeing all of the vinyl packages sold out. So it seems like there's a lot of fucking demand for this album, which is usually not the case with giant mainstream albums in this day and age. Usually there's a surplus of leftover records, especially open edition ones, which I'm sure they will print more of the open edition one and you'll be able to find it in all of your stores when it's actually released. But are you at all surprised by the momentum they have going into this album? So as uh, somebody who partakes in the vinyl market pretty much every day, I just got a new vinyl today. I got KX5's record in today. Oh, fuck um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that I am surprised that they had a limit. Um that could be, I mean, it could be, it could be like, you know, created scarcity, but at the same sure. time, I am very well aware of all of the scalpers of final and depending on how well the record does, uh, commercially, I think, I think it's, so, so I, I sent it, I sent it to my wife. I was like, Hey, this vinyl is like $44. I think I'm good on waiting, which is something that I haven't been doing these last, like, like couple of years like if mm -hmm. it's if it's like if it's like 30 bucks i'm cool with pre-ordering that you know yeah and a lot of the records i order off of Bandcamp are like 22 dollars plus shipping which is fucking easy but 44 dollars is a lot of money i just texted you that uh um what, what's his name andrew mcmahon put out basically the entire something corporate uh discography on on vinyl again and those mm -hmm. have been obviously on my wish list for a long time and hearing that they was charging he was charging 44 dollars. i remember texting you i know it costs that motherfucker seven dollars to print to press those i'm not going to pay you guys 45 45 dollars unless it's something incredibly special and quite honestly jack's mannequin is more special to me than something corporate so i have that one and i'm good with that you know yeah so yeah, the ends didn't justify the means in that case. I would be surprised if we don't see a target exclusive. I would be surprised mm -hmm. if I don't see a $30 version pop up in a store at some point. Um, I have plenty of blink vinyl. So if, if I ever get the itch, I have, I have, I have pl plenty, plenty of wax <laughs> to spin for blink and th this record will be no different, but we're going to talk about those songs. So yeah, we'll talk about them shortly. Let's move into the episode. If this is your first time listening, first thing we're going to do is break down all of the new singles for the week, a couple new EPs, and we will move into the new albums in the back half of the episode. First up this week, we have my song of the week, which is a new one from Troy Savon called Got Me Started. You know I'm not a fan of interpolation. So the fact that I ended up making this the first song on the playlist this week. And your song of the week. Over in such a huge way. Who does not love a shooting star sample? Oh, like, I know. I know. It's, it's physically impossible to be in a bad mood when you hear that sound. And it's part in the song becomes a lot less dominant as the song goes on, at least the more I listen to it. I love this one, man. He's two for two on this album rollout. Very excited. What about you? Did you like this one? Was I just transported back to 2014? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, bro, this is great. He honestly killed this interpolation when when it first started and you hear the do 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 do. I was like, oh my god, John. Yep. <laughs> I was like, no yep. fucking way, this is real. But then he proceeds to kill it. So I actually really liked this track. Same, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy this new one from Gene Dawson and SZA called No Seasons? I did not. This is not my jam. Uh, SZA's like her 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 part in this song is fine or whatever, but like mm -hmm. it's funny. SZA features are normally great, like just on like on that Drake track that just dropped. Like it's like her her part's fucking great. She's infallible, yes. right? But like everything else about this song, I dislike, so it's a miss for me. Yeah, I think this is the second Gene Dawson song that we have reviewed, and I liked this one a little more than the last one, which I believe was titled Porn Acting, if I'm not mistaken. But I listened to this one again right before we recorded, because it's the one I still just did not know how I felt about it. And I like SZA's part, and I don't dislike his, but I could kind of take it or leave it at this point. Yeah. Moving on, we got a new one from Brent Fiaz called Where You At. Another perfectly fine and perfectly forgettable single from him. 
it seems like we're heading towards a new album. He's been putting out a few new singles that have all kind of correlated with this, like, faintly embossed NWUO stamp that seems to probably be an acronym for whatever the new album will be. I thought this one was okay, though. What about you? As is tradition, you and I continue to uh, disagree on R&B. I, I actually liked this song. Um, I love the beat. I like the layered vocals. The spoken word Spanish, I think, is done really well. Um, sure. Maybe maybe it was the this mindset I was in, but you know, we'll we'll see. It, it's very clear he's headed for an album at this point. I don't know if he, like you said, he hasn't announced it yet, but it's pretty clear that like he's heading to something. And I think that both singles he he's released this year have been quite a bit better than the last album he put out at least a lot, a lot less toxic lyrically. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one didn't, this one didn't give me major, major weird, creepy cheater vibes. So yeah, that's you were good. cringing. Gotcha. Good. Good. <laughs> Got a new one from Alina Baraz called don't buy me roses. This one is a little more my speed than that last single she put out. Excellent production on it. Were you a fan? Um, you can say no, Brandon. It is it's okay. it's pretty neat, man. I liked the atmosphere <laughs> that was created in the production. Um, it was it, it's not it's not my favorite Alina track, but it's it was pretty good. It's not my favorite of hers either. I this is another one. I feel like we're at least headed towards a new EP, if not an album. So we'll hear it all in context soon. I'm sure, we will. Got a new one from Faye Webster called Lifetime. Thought this one was really good, but I thought also kind of droned on after a while i also like how hypnotically measured it sounded though so i'm a little at odds with it but i enjoyed it what about you this one really isn't for me man it's way too slow face sounds great or whatever but like i just struggle to stay engaged with slow music that is so static like if it's like 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 if there was more dynamics to this sound i think i'd be into it but i'm just mm -hmm. not yeah, that last single she put out, but not Kiss, was fucking excellent. This yeah, one, that was this, good. This one I heard, you know, once or twice, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> All right, moving on. We got two new songs from Blink-182. We got one called One More Time, which is the title track off the new album, and another one called More Than You Know. I think that One More Time is a really good song about Blink, and I think More Than You Know is a really good Blink song. What, <laughs> what are your feelings on these ones? All right, so I, I separated my notes here. Blink-182's yeah. One More Time is a little too on the nose, but I do have to say it's really good. Like, like I, like I did, did you watch the video? I didn't watch the video. Oh, fuck. No, 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 no. You can't. You literally can't even talk about the song until you see the video, bro. You're going to fucking cry. I'll You're shut going up. To cry. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Uh, so, but uh, more than you know, the drumming, as is tradition for Blink-182, is fantastic. But especially so on this track. Does he have a double bass pedal or something on this one? I fucking love it. I don't know, um, but it's great. Yeah. It's so good. Tom sounds terrible, but the song is fucking fantastic. I am legit Such excited Blink for Such as Blink-182. Yeah, I mean, he sounds worse than he has in a long time, but... But it works. Like, Yeah, it, no, it, it totally works. does. It yeah, totally I, does. I, I can't believe I'm saying that I'm actually excited for a new project of theirs post-Neighborhoods, but I am, man. I really like both of these. I hope it lives up to the hype. You were right, though. One more time, it's a little too on the nose, more than you know. I'm hoping for a lot more tracks like so, that. So I got to say, man, I threw on more than, you know, on my way home from work, I fucking mm -hmm. turned the speakers up as loud as I could. As and, you should. and it was like, it was, it was like listening to take off your pants and jacket for a second, man. And I know I was that getting self-titled vibes. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I was listening to a classic blink song and and I was and and it was so weird. It was so weird hearing, like feeling that and listening to a song I didn't know by fucking heart. Um, and maybe it's because I grew up with Blink and it was my wife and I's first concert or whatever. But I I I genuinely like I I, I felt something. I was like, all right, Blink One Eighty Two still fucking got it apparently. So and I loved the Matt Skiba years. Yeah, yeah. I I think that while there was initial like. 
everyone's so happy that the original group is back together. I also think all of them, including Tom, are probably grateful that he kept all of them going during the years he was away. Yeah, I gotta say, they put out that promo. I think you sent it to me on Twitter. And it was kind of like, bro, are you guys not going to thank Matt, like, at all for keeping your band going while Tom was gone? I think Matt's doing just fine, man. No, no, he's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. But I just, I don't know. It felt weird to hear them say, don't settle for less as if Matt Skiba isn't <laughs> yeah. in the fucking room with them. You know? I, I just picture Freddie Mercury coming back to life. He's like, I really want to thank Adam Lambert for carrying Queen through these past few years. Right. <laughs> now you'd be like, daddy's back. It's my yeah, That's true. That's true. You've got a point. Out of the seat, You've got a, Adam who? Fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's move on. Talk to me about this new one from Free Throw called Thanks for Asking. All righty. Twinkly Riffs? Check. Sad Lyrics? Check. Check. (laughs) Should be a pretty good (laughs) album, man. It's releasing on 1013. This is some emo shit, and I'm all about it. Same, man. Like, pop punk that's heavy on the pop. Nice undercurrent of emo. Super catchy. I'm a fan. I like it. Absolutely. Got a new track from Aren't We Amphibians called Carry On. You a fan of this one? Yeah, man. Rough recording, yelled vocals, and mathy emo riffs. Uh, <laughs> I'm, what, what is there not to like about this one, man? Yeah, man. Super jangly and punchy. I love the little yep. claps in the bridge and the tempo changes. Really good right? stuff Right, little details one. like that just kind of work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another track that just fucking works. It's a new one from Driveways called Skulls and Flowers, which as you know, means the autumn season has officially begun. <laughs> um, it's the autumn yeah, equinox once... somewhere? It doesn't, no, none of the equinox matters. It's pumpkin <laughs> spice lattes and new music from driveways. Those are the only <laughs> indicators that fall has arrived to me. Um, both things have now happened, so let the festivities begin, man. This song is just as good as everything else they put out. I don't know why more people are not talking about this band. They're great. They put out nothing but quality, and for like the last three or four years, they've released an album every October on the dot, man. I love it. What about you? Is it just that I have Blink on the brain, or does this song sound like early Blink-182? Like it, like uh, it's I think almost, you have Blink on the brain. Maybe, man. I don't know, but the song is fucking great. I'm excited for this year's Driveways release, as is tradition. This is good shit. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think they've announced like the actual album yet, but you and I know it's coming pretty soon. I mean, I mean, if history is to tell us anything, they've got 34 days, get it done. Um, (laughs) all right. We got a new one from Saver Saver. I'm not really sure how to pronounce this one. The track is called primal one. How are you feeling about it? So I told myself at the start of this year that I would be listening, uh, to more doom metal. And I think I have, uh, succeeded in that. This band is some doom metal it's got like the shrieks of black metal and like that ominous slow doomy of the doom metal i i really like this one man it's uh interesting to say the least and it's a little different mm-hmm. yeah it it takes a while to get going but once it fully opens up it's really good it's also really chaotic and heavy as fuck yeah it's uh it's it's got it's got some gravity to it for sure definitely definitely has some gravity to it Got a new one from Silent Planet called Anunnaki. This just rips, man. Everything about it works for me. I really liked this one. What about you? Yeah, man. I mean, some genty metalcore to get us going for the week. I I, I thought uh, thought this one was really good. Uh, Silent Planet is hit or miss for me. We've talked a lot this year about kind of like generic uh, garden variety metalcore, but uh, mm-hmm. and Silent Planet in previous years has kind of done that for me but this track is different there's something about it that i can't quite put my finger on that's like oh yeah that's it i'm so fast to type generic metalcore in my notes if that's the <laughs> first thing i hear and that did not even cross my mind once while listening same. to this same not even a little bit um good for them got a new one from gravesand called gowanus death stomp Dude, the fucking song titles that I say on this show are so, so weird sometimes. This one is just punishing, brutal, and mean. Shorter than expected, but definitely memorable. What did you think of it? The riffage, John. The riffage. 
it is just like you punishing is like the only word but it's just fucking brutal man this mm-hmm. is this is some beat down or something i love this yes. this is i'm about this yeah this is brandon core at its finest brandon core yep i like that moving on to the edm singles to cap off the singles this week we got a new one from knock two and dylan francis called buttons this is one of the many songs that they made for a back-to-back that they did a while ago uh, this is the first one to get an official release. It sounds like we might be getting more of them soon, but I don't know. I'm not that interested in it. I didn't really love the track, but it sounds like that would be pretty big for EDM as both of them are kind of household names in the genre. What did you think of this? Look, man, you introduced me to knock two last year and it was the first I had heard of him and I can't hear people on the internet. Shut the fuck up about him. Now, uh, knock two had sold out four consecutive nights at the shrine in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. That is a giant feat. I don't care who you are. Like my God, man, the, the, this, this man just cannot mix like, 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 like he can't miss, uh, Look, man, I, I liked this song. It's bouncy. Dylan Francis has been hit or miss for me in the last couple of years. And honestly, if if this was like just a knock two track, I probably would like it more <laughs> without the Dylan wow. Francis, which is such a weird thing to say. But it is what it is. Uh, I think this collab is pretty good, but I think it should maybe push Dylan back into what he is good at, which is this. So. Yeah, they're kind of crediting, like, Noctu and ISOXO with, like, bringing back that, like, mid-2010s, just over-the-top electronic sound. It's a little different what they're doing, but I'm glad people are digging it, man. The the live footage is insane of their shows. Right. The kids are fucking eating it up. Honestly, I, I was back in, you know, 2013, 2014. Oh, yeah, you and also. I both were, so, man. Exactly. Like, you and I were shirtless at Showtech shows. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I we, we lived it. We, we lived it. Um, all right, we got the... This is a bonus track from Iglo, and it's called Cave Ritual. It's our obligatory minimal techno release of this week. Talk to me about it. <laughs> so this actually, this track actually came for. This is a bonus track on an EP that Iglo released. Um, I forget what record ah, label okay. it's off of, but I, I listened to the whole EP and I was like, you know what? We need to hear one of these at least. I didn't want to throw the whole EP on because we had kind of a busy week as far as uh, as far as albums yes. go and EPs go. So I threw this one on. This is my favorite on the EP. It's a banger, it, minimal or not. It fucking got me going. So, Of course. Of course it did. Uh, got a new one from Claire Latif called Heartbreaker and Violent Love. I guess new ones, I should say. This shit is just so calming. I feel like every This Never Happened release calms me down at least 10% when it comes on. I love their stuff. This is the first time I've heard this artist, though. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I've been following uh, This Never Happened pretty closely, and we're getting releases from artists that I had no idea about but are making music that is right up my fucking alley. Heartbreaker is giving me major Bob Moses Bob Moses vibes. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's progressive melodic house, and they're doing it really well. Yeah, they are. I feel like... We've gotten at least one release a month from This Never Happened. I know Lane 8 just put out his fall mixtape. There's a lot going on with that label. It's a fun one to follow. Honestly, it really is, man. And they're doing... I think I don't know if it's Lane 8's ear or Lane 8's like, influence on their production from these artists, but like none of it's bad. Some of it might like not be up my alley, but like none of it is bad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like Sultan and Shepard is a little too like wallpaper music for me, but right. it still feels in line with everything else that they're creating on that label. Yeah. Got a new one from Hamper called Immortal. This one is kind of a jam, man. It's got a really unique glitchy but subdued vibe to it that I'm really digging. What about you? Brazilian electronic music, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of getting into the Brazil era, the Brazil area now. And yeah, man, uh, this is really neat. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think we've really like tapped that area in dance music or, or otherwise very much. This right. was a good one. Yeah, I think so, too. Got a new one from Paul Van Dyke and Jordan Gill called Voltage. 
not one of the more memorable Paul Van Dyke tracks that we've reviewed, but it's enjoyable all the same. What'd you think of it? You know, I talk a lot about tracks that when I'm, you know, doing something and a track comes on and I'm like, who the fuck is this? Uh, this is yeah. the opposite for me. Every time that kickstarts, I'm like, yep, that's PVD. Yeah, it's burned in your soul, man. Those nights I, where your media player and your computer was just looping it for hours, probably. Right. With the visualizer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apple visualizer. God damn it. Oh, man. I, I like this track. It's not the craziest of Paul Van Dyke's, but I really did like this one. Yeah, not by any means. Um, Got a new one from Tin Liquor and Julia Church called Slipstream. You know I love euphoric, chill house vibes, and Tin Liquor with vocals always delivers just that. Really liked this one. What about you? Tin Liquor with vocals should be like its own genre at this point. Like they just, they yeah. they, they, they understand the assignment <laughs> and they, they ace it every time. They do. Um, you caught me off guard with this next one. I don't know if you just threw this on because it was a caliber song. But this shit is so up my alley, dude. It is Carmel Cox, Caliber, and ST Files. The track is called Grow. Surprised the shit out of me. It was almost my song of the week. It's like down-tempo drum and bass with these angelic R&B vocals over it. It's incredible, man. Hopefully we hear some more from her pretty soon. If I was Caliber, I would try and make as many songs as possible with her if they are sounding like this. What did you think of this one? So uh, I did. It came onto my mm -hmm. uh, my little notification bell on Spotify because of Caliber. But um, I listened to it and I was like, "Oh, John's gonna like this one." Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> this, this is uh, this is a runner up to my song of the week. Also, we haven't quite gotten to it yet. But uh, yeah, I I don't know who St Files is, but my God, man, the the vibes on this one just don't just don't stop. Yeah. Immaculate. Uh, capping off the singles this week with a new one from DJ Shadow called You Played Me. How are you feeling about it? So this is some shit that would definitely get played like in Despacio. Uh, right. I, I guess this is like so I, I and I heard this like not not from like a real source, but um apparently he like had he like found a vinyl that like didn't have a label and like threw it on his record player and loved it and then took the vocal sample from it which is why the vocal sample isn't credited because he doesn't know who to credit and it's not like on spotify uh, okay. or anything um sure. which is pretty neat but look man he's doing this 80s thing and i'm not I'm I'm not opposed to it because both tracks have been really good. I'm very yeah. curious to see if he's gonna do like a full album like this because this is two tracks in a row from DJ Shadow, which indicates that he's got a larger project that is probably, if not done, close to being done. Oh, we have a release date for it. The oh, new DJ Shadow album drops October 27th. It's called Action Adventure. That's a day. October 27th. That date keeps getting uh, repeated. Yeah, 1989 Taylor's version. So. <laughs> That's, that is the only thing going on on that. <laughs> no, yeah, that is oh a pretty God. stacked day. Yeah, dude, a lot of 80s vibes on this one. I would love it if the rest of the album sounded like this, I would also love it. If we got a Kavinsky remix of this track, it's really good shit. If not Kavinsky, give me a time cop remix or right. something. Time, you know? time cop 1984. God, Pur man. purple disco machine, something. There's enough artists in that eighties EDM revivalism genre to make it happen. Now somebody yeah. fucking make it happen. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. Take it. Um, all right, let's move on to the EPs this week. We have a few starting with a new one from Earth Gang called R.I.P. Human Art. There was never going to be a song I liked on this EP more than Bobby Boucher, and that turned out to be the case. I really do like Die Today, and I think the rest of it's pretty solid. That's my thoughts on this one, man. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? You know, man, most of the bars on this one are pretty wholesome. It's got this like old school, early 2000s production to the majority of it. And honestly, I, I like the whole I didn't skip any of these tracks no. um, uh, besides the wake. The wake is kind of sad. But um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, die to day. Bobby Boucher. Those are the obvious standouts. But I mean, obviously, flavors of karma and imagine are good, bro. Like, yeah, it's a solid EP. It's a really yep. solid EP. Got a new one from Poor Sport called Apartments. Talk to me about this one. So, uh, Poor Sport, I've been really digging this band since uh, we found them earlier this year. And 
this EP just exemplifies why I dig this band, man. It's like the perfect blend of emo and post-hardcore. There's like, there's energy in the riffs, man. There's passion in the vocals. There's meaning in the lyrics. The scene just really is not dead, man. It is, it is going. And Alive and well. It, it's, I mean, tracks like My Apartment, the Apathy Anthem, are just mm-hmm. fucking like, wow, man. Like, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I know we reviewed a single or two of theirs. I can't remember which one specifically. I didn't realize that this was their first project when I was listening to it. It sounds like a band that's been together for a lot longer than they have. I'm sure all of them are seasoned musicians, but this is a really impressive debut. I think their Spotify description is a bunch of dads playing post-hardcore, which is great. Hey. Like, good for them. <laughs> Love it. Yep, bring it on. Bring it on. Let's go. Uh, yeah, really good, really good stuff. Crazy, crazy good for a first release, especially. Yep, I agree. Got a new one from True Divine called How Many Faces. Talk to me about this. Some more genty metal core for our week. Uh I, I threw this one on because it's it's a smaller band, and you know how much I like the underground of a giant established genres. Uh it's good stuff, man. I like the variation in the vocals. I like the little hits of death metal they throw in. Uh I think the breakdowns are tight. Uh they're 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 really taking a lot of influence from the acacia strain on some of those breakdowns. Uh the drumming throughout is good. I think I do think though that the the bass is kind of buried in the mix, but other than that, man. I think it's I think it's good shit, bro. I didn't skip any of these tracks every time they came on this week. I thought this was thought this was pretty good. What did you think about it? I agree. I thought it was good too. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's straight to the point. There's some pretty sick moments on it, dude. The outro to Love and Void, yep. the breakdown and mimic. The only thing that limited me on this one in terms of my enjoyment was just how burnt out I am on this style of metalcore. I know. This was a lot more enjoyable for me than some of the other releases that we've covered in the genre more recently, though. So props to them. I mean, dude, I'm just going to take a moment. We have had a number of metalcore releases this year, uh, ranging from Unearth to Currents to this to a, a bunch of other ones and mm-hmm. a bunch of a bunch of other bands that we honestly haven't even covered because of how burnt out I am on how garden variety stuff is. And this is more of the Currents style where they do a genty riff and the breakdowns are almost predictable in a certain in a, like a certain way. But there's something about the production on this one that gets me fucking going and it's Mm -hmm. and and it feels better to hear a younger band doing it with some hunger and some passion rather than feeling like uh, the band is kind of going through the motions does that make sense no it makes perfect sense and i feel like production or not whatever it is that sets you apart from the rest of the crowd in metalcore do it because that that's what makes a difference periphery they just think so right. outside the box that like I don't really hear it as metalcore when I'm listening to it, even though that's what it is. I don't know. I feel like there's still fresh ways to approach it, but we're hearing a lot of repetition. This is a good sign for things to come, though, I would say. For sure. And the fact that Periphery's album Gent is not a genre is probably more popular in the prog metal scene. Yeah. Yeah, Rather true. than it is in the metalcore scene kind of says a little bit about what the band is doing. They're playing with time signatures. They're playing with like weird riffs like it it, it, it works while keeping it metalcore too. Exactly. Is, yeah. Yeah. And it works and it works. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the albums this week. We've got a few interesting ones to talk about, starting with the new one from Doja Cat called Scarlet. She described her last projects as mediocre pop and said that she's just going to rap now. She's definitely rapping more, but she's always rapped. Like, that doesn't really make this a rap album, though, (laughs) at least not in its entirety. Like, if I'm judging this as a rap album, I don't think it's very good. I'll I'll get into the specific likes and dislikes in that in a second. But if I were to judge this as a pop album, I think it's okay. Let me explain. The album opens up with the undeniable hit, Paint the Town, before falling off a steep cliff for a while. I did not like Demons when it dropped as a single, and I don't like it now. The what are those bars are not doing it for me, and the pseudo-satanic worship visuals. Which ones? Felt like she was just trying so hard, all of them. Which is ironic, considering how little she seems to care about what her fans think. Why try so hard, then? 
From there, we get into her best watered-down cupcake impression on Wet Vagina, which is only three songs into the album, but it already feels like we're an ocean away from the Saint Haven of paint, safe haven of Paint the Town Red. We get a few more mediocre pop songs, or mediocre rap songs, as I would call them, from there before she finally lets the inevitable occur and goes in more of a melodic direction, much to the satisfaction of me and probably a lot of other listeners who are along for the ride. The highest peak of the album outside of Paint the Town finally comes when we arrive at the track Agora Hills, which has a little bit of everything I kind of like about her music. It's clever, it's stupid, there's personality, it's actually fun to listen to. A lot of that has to do with my personal preference, but I wouldn't be surprised if that track becomes a big hit. I actually think from that track on is pretty good and kind of saves the rest of the album for me but not quite enough for me to want to come back to it in full. I came into this one really wanting to like it, and maybe that played into my overall feeling, but the reality is this album is 17 songs, and I like half of them at best if I'm being generous. But on the flip side, the ones I like, I really like. So I'm going to give it a 5.5. Paint the Town Red is the best song on it. Agora Hills might be my favorite song on it. I'll keep bumping those two. I'll probably forget about the rest over time. What were your thoughts on this one? John, you just gave this album a perfect review. Like, you're, <laughs> thank you. Um, you're welcome. What are we going to do with Doja Cat, bro? So you and I postulated that this record wasn't going to be much of anything. I think I called it a dud prior, like even prior to hearing it. I, yep. I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily wrong. Um, it's, it's not quite a dud, but it's not amazing either. So... Uh, the second half for me is far more interesting than the first half. Basically, there's two albums here. It's Thank pre you. and post Agora Hills. Uh, yeah. A couple of things I noticed with, uh, noticed with this album. I think I like the tracks where she's doing double duty of rapping and singing at the, uh, on the same track. Her sure. vocal melodies are actually pretty good. And she honestly has a decent voice when she uses it. I do not like the way she raps, man. It's not even like derivative, like she herself claims, as she says, that she's just copying the greats, which she just is not. I, I don't think that she's ever listened to the greats. The uh, no, it's yeah. it's just a weird flow, man. She sounds like a gremlin a little bit, like for like the majority yeah. of this album. At mm. 17 tracks and almost an hour long, you know that there's more than a few filler tracks here. Agora Hills, yeah. Paint the Down Red, Skull and Bones are all great. But eh, if I'm being honest, I, I, I didn't like it more than I disliked it. It's kind of a miss for me, man. But it was yeah. hyped massively. I think it could have been trimmed down to like an EP and it would have been a hit. Like if this, Like if this was seven tracks... And like fucking 28 minutes and was put out there with like no amount of hype. It would have been a hit like all like like it would have just been mm -hmm. a fucking hit. And instead it was hyped and hyped and hyped and hyped and then delayed and then garbage. And then it just is what it is. It's somewhere between a four and a five for me. Uh, Agora Hills is probably the best song on the album, like you said. So I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and give that one my standout. I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit mad at her for wasting the demon single artwork, too. That was, right? like, the sickest single artwork I've seen in a minute, and that song is trash. It really is. So, and, and, I would have used it for the album artwork, too, especially given we didn't even get into the album art controversy on this, and we really don't need to. But, yeah, <laughs> big miss there. And I gotta say, man, if you're gonna do a what are those fucking bar, oh, don't God. do it twice on the same album, Doja. Yeah, lazy is what that is. Fucking lazy. It's, it's like the same. It's like the same bar on two different tracks. It's so weird. Oh man, let's move on because we got a new album from kylie minogue called tension and kylie is a dance pop legend dude she's already certified first ballot hall of famer everything she's doing now is just fucking side quests but despite the stakes being so low for her she's still giving us some of like her best work to date we got a few all-timers on here padam padam tension as well as album cuts like you still get me high and hands that really stand out to me. Dance pop albums like this are often top heavy. That was the case with the Alice and Goldfrapp album earlier this year. 
Kylie was able to make a dance pop album that's engaging throughout and that's as catchy as it is danceable. It's easy to say that this album is a little bit Britney or a little bit Madonna, but it's just 100% Kylie and I love it, man. I'm going to go ahead and give this one an 8. My standout is the opener, Padam Padam, of course, but shout out Vegas High too, another killer album cut. What do you think of this one? <laughs> Man, you know, there's one thing all these pop girlies have been missing over the last couple of years. Pop is supposed to be fucking fun. I feel yep. like this is why I've loved Carly Rae Jepsen's work so much in the in the past couple of years. Kylie obviously is a fucking icon and 30 years into her career, I think she's released another banger like all the yep. way fucking through. It may not be as like commercially viable as her stuff in the 90s was, but it's absolutely a banger front to back i cannot find a track that i dislike and honestly i yeah. i know that oliver heldens has been getting huge lately or whatever but i hope that he's taking the honor of getting a production credit on kylie minogue's album seriously man because that's he's, hopefully he's humbled by that a little bit uh yeah. this is the I have nothing bad to say about this record, man. It's fucking great. It's in my running for my favorite pop records of this year. Fantastic yep. job, Kylie. I'm also going to give it an 8 out of 10. You can just throw a dart at it for my standout, but you still get me <laughs> high, I think, is a special one. Yeah, that song is fucking phenomenal. Glad you really like this one, too. Fuck yeah, dude. This was a really fun listen. Are you ready to talk about Chapel Roan, Brandon? I am. All right, let's talk about her debut album, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. I know this album is all new to you, but I've been listening to most of these songs for months now. In fact, all but five of these tracks were released as singles at some <laughs> point over the past couple of years. But they've all culminated in her debut album, which I think is fantastic. It's different, won't be for everyone, but her voice, her songwriting... Her visuals all make for an experience that is equally as fun as it is compelling. A lot of this album is music you can just throw on and have a good time to, but there's a lot of depth if you're listening close. I wouldn't say the themes are broad, but they are definitely relatable, at least in the way she conveys them. Like Growing up as a queer person in the Midwest is not something I can relate to, but I can relate to the feelings that she's describing. I don't think this album is about relatability as it is as much as it is about her though. Relatability is just a bonus at that point. Getting into the music though, man, I love so many of the decisions that she made on this project. Every time you think you know where she's going, you definitely do not. You think it's an upbeat dance pop direction and she zags into a harrowing ballad. You think it's going to go bubblegum pop and it goes indie or folk. She's not only capable of doing many things, she's great at doing almost all of them. I'm giving this one a fucking nine, man. In terms of a standout, I have no clue. I feel like I'm almost too close to a lot of these songs. I think My Kink is Karma was probably the top song on my wife's Spotify wrapped last year. I'm humming the chorus to Casual almost constantly. Redwine Supernova, fucking jam, and... Of the songs I hadn't heard, Super Graphic Ultra Modern Girl was probably my favorite. Very reminiscent of Pete Gaga. I love this project, as you could tell, but I am very curious to know your thoughts on it going in blind. So, yeah, fully blind here. I had no idea who Chapel was before I uh, listened to this record. This is a very interesting pop record pop record man it's kind of like an amalgam of a bunch of stuff we've heard over the last couple of years but it's packaged in a really palatable way in my opinion this is a little bit florence and the machine meets lana del rey meets your favorite pop singer and i think it really works for me there's like a couple of softer like like you said like indie folk ballads uh there's a couple of tracks that are like upbeat and energetic I think I'm a fan of this, man. The album yes. is, it's converted you. None of this is generic, but it's not fully original. None of it's like crazy exciting, yet none of it is bland. It kind of toes the line here of really just interesting it was it was a really interesting listening experience for the fir for the first time i remember I, I i clicked on the first song and i was like who the fuck is this who did john throw on this playlist and i was like okay uh after the first song ended i was like all right and then and then we got to uh my standout which was red wine supernova and i was yeah. like that's why he added this so 
Yeah, I didn't add it just to get you hot like Papa John's, as she says in the first song. Red Wine Supernova is an all-timer, for sure. I'm yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great track, track, man. I really enjoyed this album. I'm going to give it a seven. Like I said, my Fair. standout is Red Wine Supernova, man. I'm glad you really enjoyed it, though. You gave it the same score as Pitchfork, you fucking poser. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know I don't read is... Pitchfork. Pitchfork, <laughs> Pitchfork reads us, bro. She is also doing very well for herself. Um, kind of hard to be a fan of in terms of the supportive uh, way because tried to buy live tickets to see her, sold out. Her vinyl for this went on pre-order. It broke your $40 pre-order new rule, so we did not yeah. get it. Yeah, man, uh, still love her music. We'll probably get the vinyl if I see it at Target or something. But yeah, um, I'm glad that people are loving her and buying tickets to her shows and buying her shit, dude. I think she is more than worthy of the acclaim she's getting at this point. We'll see what happens, man. Great debut. Yes, yes. Um, let's move on. We got a new album from Cannibal Corpse called Chaos Horrific. This one is not I'm letting a you off the leash, Brandon. Talk to me. <laughs> this is indeed a Cannibal Corpse album. You this know, isn't their debut? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think that Cannibal Corpse is the most talented uh, death metal band out there. I don't think that they're the most brutal band out there. I don't think that they're the most technical band out there, but there's just something about their music that fucking speaks to me, man. It's the absolute cheesiness in the lyrics. It's the growth that every band member does with each album. It's the uh, obscene amount of gore that, <laughs> that you, that you hear along with it. Uh, so longtime listeners of this podcast and you are going to know how I feel about this album. Obviously, I love it. So instead of doing any more reviewing, I think I'm just going to go over some of my favorite lyrics on the project. <clears throat> Dismember them and mount on spikes, limbs and heads of the defeated. Uh, oh, come thee and gather your hunger now calls. Partake in devouring your kin. Uh, seas of gore as far as the eye can see. It saturates the vision. Uh, demented surgeon designs in my personal favorite involuntary human sculpture. Uh, scraps of flesh hang from decrepit fangs. Uh, yeah, man, this album is a cannibal corpse album. It is yep. all of these tracks are going to be a fucking party live. If, uh, if anybody listening has seen cannibal corpse, you know that they are a, just a, the only way to describe it is it's a fucking party. I saw them in 2014 at a festival and the, just the entire, the crowd just fucking erupted, bro. The pit was insane. Um, I saw them again. Again, uh, co-headline with Morbid Angel back in like 2017. Again, everybody was fucking toasting their beers. Like it was, it was, it was a, it was a party, man. And I think all of these songs are going to bang. It's a good entry into their discography. It's nowhere near my favorite of theirs, but it's a seven out of ten. Uh, my standout is Fracture and Refracture. What did you think about <laughs> this new Cannibal Corpse album, sir? I mean, we both knew it was going to rip from the single, of dude. Course. And, and if those weren't enough confirmation, then you damn knew well, but you knew by the end of the first track. Like, they do not fuck around for a single second on this. It's in your face. It doesn't stop shredding. The last song is even called Drain You Empty, for fuck's sake. Like, the album is supposed to just kill you. Which actually taught me a new word, by the way. Exsanguinate. What's Which is to train uh, an animal. It's <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> All right. The more I know. Uh, right. Yeah, man. They know exactly what they're doing on this album. And they do it with surgical precision. It's super technical. But it's hard to appreciate that part when it's punching you in the fucking face with every breakdown. <laughs> I would not have it any other way, though, man. I loved it. I'm going to give it like a 7.5, maybe an 8. My standout is also Fracture and Refracture. Hey. Because, of course, it is, dude. The last minute of that track is insane. Just Fucking so good, insane. Just so good. <laughs> Love it. Um, Yeah, good shit from Cannibal Corpse, as if that was ever in doubt. Right. Got a new one from Day Aches called One Last Dream Before Dying. Did you enjoy this one? Dude, you know, we've covered a ton of shoegaze this year. I'm going to bet that we we've have. made a fan yes. out of you. Uh, I really like a lot of things about this record. Uh, the mixing and mastering, it's loud where it needs to be. Every instrument has its own 
place properly. Uh, the vocals and the lyrics, they're both classic and unique at the same time. I fucking love, though, when they get heavy, like on their track Leave. Uh, mm-hmm. really gives me uh, Hum, the band Hum vibes. And the breakdown at the end of that track is fucking tight. It, this this album is a quick listen. It's only 36 minutes, and I really like every minute of it, man. The underground is alive and well, and we've got some quality shoegazy post-hardcore stuff with Day Aches. Fantastic record, man. I, I, ju- I just can't get enough of this label's shit, but this th- this album in particular is, is crazy, man. I've been really, really digging it. Yeah, man. Add another feather in the cap for really rad in 2023. This is a pretty stacked week in terms of releases. And I made a point to come back to this album more often than some of the other ones. We we reviewed a song of theirs, I think, a week or two ago, and I really liked it. And I hoped that that sound would carry over to the rest of the album. And I'm happy it did. Their specific combination of grungy alt rock with shoegaze in there just creates a really unique atmosphere to their music that I think works really well for them. And beyond that, it's a really well put together album. I'm going to give it a seven. My standouts are Arius and Lavender. Really liked those two. Funny. I have two different standouts. My standouts are Velvet Response or Leave. Look at us. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I did. Al- I like did also that. forget to mention that. Uh, yeah. In, in the last in the last album that we reviewed, uh, Fracture and Refracture was my song of the week. Um, but, ah, okay. But with uh, with Day X Man, both of those tracks, Velvet Response or Leave, are are fucking bangers, and I. I it's I a like, really good album. I like it's the a whole really album. good album. Yes, same, same. All right, capping off the albums this week with a new one from Memory Derelict called Revelation. So we reviewed an EP of his earlier this year that we both enjoyed, but that project being only four tracks kind of gave us a more limited view of what he was capable of. That release felt kind of like the shallow end of the pool compared to this one. It's easy to get fooled by the somewhat unassuming intro track before long you're getting lost in like the chains on assembly or the distorted ranting madness of Serpent Church. And you know that you're in for something much more different. Um, And to bring... To bring a track like that back from the distortion into almost like angelic organs is a nice little twist. I'm glad Cloud of Trepidation comes after that because you almost need a moment to regain yourself. Right. We have not <laughs> reviewed a lot of ambient music on this podcast, especially one of this length, but I was happy and a bit surprised at how much I enjoyed it, man. It's very easy to get lost in, and it's the perfect time of year for a release like this, too. Super dark, super atmospheric, a little foreboding. I really liked it. I'm going to give it an eight. My standouts are Serpent Church and Assembly. But also, full disclosure, I am friends with this artist, and I would have no problem telling him if I thought it sucked. He knows that, but I just felt like putting that out there for transparency's sake. You do not know this artist, though, Brandon. So what did you think of this? Yeah, man, we haven't covered like a lot of ambient, um, but it's it's uh, it's apparent that uh, mo- most techno artists have uh, most great techno artists have like this weird ambient side to them that that needs to be put out into the world and memory memory derelict here does it fucking well man uh like you said i mean we've got some really odd uh unconventional soundscapes that shouldn't go well together but they really do uh like you said on on like the back end of serpent church and how it kind of like transforms itself um we've got we've got tracks like uh we've got tracks like heaven opens uh which is which is just crazy um i I knew you were going to like that one. I I, I really did like this. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't wish for a kick drum here or there. I think it would have given me a little bit of like, I don't know, solace is the word. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I enjoyed it. I like ambient music. As you know, I like a lot of Aphex twin stuff. I like a lot of Brian Eno stuff. And, um, I'm not going to say that this is quite at that level, but man, I mean, this guy needs to just keep going and he'll get there someday. This is the, the this is pretty good, man. I like, I like, I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, my standout, I think is heaven, heaven opens. Fuck yeah, dude. I knew that was going to be your standout. From the second I saw the nine-minute tag next to that song, I knew it was going to be your you gotta, standout. You got to give shit like that time to breathe, man. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and he does it. So, 
Yes, uh, I saw him live Sunday night. If you are in the Portland area, make sure you're following Memory Derelict. If you liked this, he plays shows, and they are a good time. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed this release, man. Didn't know how you'd feel about it. I, I, I like techno, I like ambient, and I like when... Uh, like I said, I wish there was like a track or two where there was like some percussion, like at the very least. But uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see what's next for Memory Derelict. What does uh What does Gabe say in the scenes of the unsettling in the office? Perhaps the director knew that even narrative was comforting. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Keep looking for that kick drum, buddy. <laughs> All right, that does it for us this week. Join us next week when we will be breaking down new releases from Lil Wayne, Georgia Smith, La Youth, Koyo, Harm's Way, and much, much more. That's going to be a really fun episode. That's going to be a crazy episode. I'm excited episode. for all of those releases. Uh, if you liked the show, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Reddit. Just search Brandon's Face Pod. Make sure you're following along with the playlist that this podcast is based on. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.